Hi, I'm Olivia Rudgard, a reporter for Bloomberg Green. I'm currently working on a piece about climate anxiety and I have a request for zero listeners. Climate change can cause stress, both for people directly affected by it and for those concerned about its effects on others and their future. If you're okay to share your experience of this, we would love to hear from you. Tell us what makes you worry, how your worries affect your life and what helps you feel better. Take our short survey. There's a link in the show notes. Thank you. Welcome to Zero. I'm Akshatrati. We now know that this will be the hottest year ever recorded. And we'll hit another high on greenhouse gas emissions. The bad news is coming in thick and fast, which makes it easy to lose hope. But that's why it's also important to recognize how much progress we have made despite many challenges. That's the reason I wrote a book called Climate Capitalism. It tells the stories of solutions that are already working at scale around the world and the challenges many people had to overcome to make them a reality. My hope is that people will learn from those successes and deploy those solutions in other places. For this bonus episode of Zero, I'm going to read an extract from the book. It's from chapter 3 titled The Winner. It's also been published on Bloomberg.com. The story charts the rise of the Chinese battery company CATL. It's a company you might never have heard of, but over the last decade, it has grown to become the world's largest battery maker. I hope you enjoy it. And if you'd like to read other stories of climate solutions in action, you can order my book, Climate Capitalism, which is out now. Thank you. It was an admission of defeat, but you would never know it looking at the mild-mannered smiles that morning. Angela Merkel, then Germany's Chancellor, was standing next to China's Premier Li Keqiang. On a partially cloudy summer morning in Berlin in July 2018, both leaders made small talk between posing for the cameras. A few feet in front of them, two men in dark suits sat at a desk. They had identical leather-bound folders open and pens in hand. Then, with the blessing of the elders standing behind them, Zhang Yukun, the CEO of Contemporary Amperex Technology Limited, or CATL, the world's largest battery company, and Wolfgang Theofense, a minister for the German state of Thuringia, signed an agreement that committed the Chinese manufacturing giant to build Germany's first large electric car battery factory. The moment passed quickly, and few of those present realized the historical importance. Germany is known as the home of the car industry, and with good reason. It is where, in 1879, Carl Benz built and ran one of the first internal combustion engines designed to power a car. Today, it is home to Volkswagen, one of the world's largest car companies, and other brands such as BMW, Audi, Mercedes-Benz, and Porsche. By one estimate, the car industry accounts for a seventh of Germany's jobs, a fifth of its exports, and a third of its research spending. The agreement was an acknowledgement that the industry, which had been the country's economic backbone, had finally failed. Not because it couldn't make cars that people wanted, but because it hadn't developed a crucial technology that would power them in the 21st century. Lithium-ion batteries. While countries are finally trying to catch up, China has taken a commanding lead. By 2025, 
China's battery production capacity will be three times as much as the rest of the world combined. It wasn't just the Germans that missed the boat. Even as recently as the early 2000s, few were sure that batteries could do so much at such low costs. China's rise as the global leader of lithium-ion batteries is now a matter of regret for the oil industry which invented them, for the Americans who nurtured the technology toward commercialization, and for the Japanese who were the first to scale up the technology. So I traveled to China to find out the story of how it happened. The first thing I noticed when I walked into the 20th floor office of CATL's vice chairman Huang Shilin was the view. It was a grey November afternoon in 2018 and a thick fog rolled over the mountains in front of us, revealing a bay that opens into the East China Sea. Huang is second in command at CATL and one of China's richest men. Together, we admired the view for a little bit, but I was eager to ask him questions. He handed me a cup of water and we talked batteries. The battery is a 200-year-old invention. Technically, it is any device that converts chemical energy to electrical energy. While the first one was a rudimentary example invented by Italian chemist Alessandro Volta in 1799, it wasn't until 60 years later, when lead-acid battery chemistry was born, that batteries could be put to work beyond single use. By the end of the 19th century, lead-acid batteries were deployed on a mass scale including briefly to power cars. This was short-lived. Early batteries couldn't compete with the distances that were covered in a car that burned fossil fuels. The rebirth of the electric car had to wait the best part of a century with the invention of the lithium-ion battery. During the oil crises of the 1970s, big fossil fuel companies were reminded that oil is a finite commodity. That's when they doubled down on efforts to find alternative sources of energy. One of those projects was spearheaded by chemist Stanley Whittingham at the US oil giant Exxon. His work led to the invention of the world's first rechargeable lithium-ion battery. There was just one major problem that needed fixing. The battery kept bursting into flames. Before Whittingham was able to do anything about that, the 1980s rolled around. The oil glut returned and Exxon's interest in finding alternatives waned. Fortunately, his work sparked broader interest in the field. Over the next decade, lithium-ion batteries were the subject of intense scientific work around the world. Three researchers, John Goodenough, Rashid Yazami and Akira Yoshino, provided the upgrades that transformed Whittingham's invention into a viable commercial product. For that, they were awarded the 2019 Nobel Prize in Chemistry. Sony became the first company to commercialize the lithium-ion battery in 1992. It offered it as an optional upgrade for its Handycam video recorder. Others were quick to jump on Sony's success, including Zhang Yukun, who in 99, at the age of 31, founded Amperex Technology Limited, or ATL. It's also when he began working with his co-founder, Huang Shilin. Within two years, ATL had produced lithium-ion batteries for one million devices and made its name as a reliable supplier. In 2005, ATL was acquired by TDK, a Japanese firm probably best known for its cassette tapes and recordable CDs. Zhang and Huang decided to stay on after the acquisition. 
TDK added Japanese discipline to ATL's manufacturing process and grew its lithium-ion battery business to focus on a new cash cow, the smartphone market. Soon, ATL would go on to supply batteries to both Samsung and Apple, the same Apple that was just about to launch the iPhone. It's also when Huang began getting queries about batteries for electric cars. The earliest request came from Reva, an Indian company. At the time, Reva was making the G-Wiz, a two-seater electric car powered by lead-acid batteries. Its top speed was 40 kilometers per hour. It had a range of about 80 kilometers. And of course, it charged very slowly. The company hoped that lithium-ion batteries would increase the car's speed and range and also enable faster charging. But Huang and Zhang did not know how to make an electric car battery. So to develop a solution, they created a research department within ATL. They also acquired technology licenses from the US that would enable them to build off existing work. Chinese companies have been accused of stealing or copying from foreign firms. But with its own robust research efforts, ATL broke that mold and set the stage for Chinese domination of what will be one of the most important sectors of manufacturing in the 21st century. By 2008, ATL already had something to show for its efforts. That year, the Chinese government rolled out a demo fleet of electric buses at the Beijing Olympics, some of which were powered by ATL batteries. It was also the time when the Chinese government was under pressure from citizens and from global media to do something about its smoggy skies and lower its carbon footprint. The demo fleet was the start of the government's plan to electrify transport, a move that would cut deadly air pollution, reduce oil imports and lower greenhouse gas emissions. Huang and Zhang sensed an opportunity. In 2011, they created the spin-out company CATL. C standing for contemporary to denote their belief that the future of batteries lay in the car business. About the same time, in a bid to capitalize on a next generation technology, the Chinese government introduced subsidies for electric cars. The catch was that to be eligible for those subsidies, the battery had to be Chinese made. That's when BMW, which was looking to grow its presence in China, partnered with the Chinese car maker Brilliance. In 2013, BMW Brilliance launched the all-electric Zenoro for the Chinese market. It was based on the design of BMW's X1 and used CATL batteries. Unlike AA batteries, which are essentially the same no matter who makes them, electric car batteries typically need to be custom-made for different car models so that they can fit in the body of the car in the most optimal way. Engineers from the car maker need to work with those from the battery company exchanging ideas, standards, and processes. While working with BMW on Zenoro, CATL picked up some German engineering skills, improving their attention to detail and increasing the reliability of products coming off their factory floor. At an event in 2017 celebrating the Zenoro, Zhang said, We have learned a lot from BMW and now we have become one of the top battery manufacturers globally. Two years later, the circle was completed. That's when CATL broke ground on Germany's first car battery factory, beating the revered German car industry to the punch. Today, the Chinese giant also has a plant in Hungary with plans to build new ones in the US and Mexico. It supplies batteries to every major electric vehicle manufacturer, including Tesla. 
Its story shows how China left the world far behind in the battery race and how others are still struggling to catch up. Thanks for listening to Zero. You can find the full story of how CATL grew into the giant it is today in my book, Climate Capitalism. There's a link in the show notes. Zero's producer is Oscar Boyd and senior producer is Christine Driscoll. I'm Akshat Rati and we'll be back with a full episode of Zero later this week.